All right, have you started? Yes, I've started and I'm seeing a waveform here. Okay, me too. All right, so now let's try our um, <laughs> our three, two, our All clap. Right. Three. Snap or clap? <laughs> I thought it was a clap. Okay. Three, two, one, clap. Okay. And we got to clap at about 25, 26 seconds. I still think you're always late on me. And I think you're always late. <laughs> I think that's the magic of the internet delay. Yeah. That can all be fixed. Alright, my levels look... I feel like I'm getting a little loud. I'm a little loud. I'll just not be quite so close to the mic. I'll back it off a little bit. Okay, so we are here. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we still we still need a name. Working title. Working title. Let's see. Now my candidates last time were here. Let me drag that out for you. <laughs> missing the point. And I missing the point. One. Yeah. Ooh, missing the point. Which might be taken. I don't know. There's. Uh... Quite a few points missed out there. It might be taken, yeah. All right, well, we'll keep thinking about that, but um, welcome to our podcast. This is the second movie we've attempted to record. So although I think we may release them in different order, you know, for artistic purposes, it's kind of nice to know for the researchers. This was our second one on uh, December 8th, 2018. (laughs) For the researcher, yes. For and w- welcome back, local law enforcement, local and federal law enforcement. <laughs> right. Welcome back, our brothers. Right. Investigating us. For- the process is: we'll do our investigation. Secret Service will do a threat analysis investigation. Then it'll be passed on for disposition. Wire fraud or what have you. Yeah. Now we're going to try to do a better job than we did last time of uh, staying on time. Oh, that recording ran three and a half. Let's see if we can keep this under two. <laughs> peppy, peppy, peppy. Yeah, so we're going to move it right along. Um, I'm Aaron Lewis. I'm Ryan MacArthur. And we're here to talk about 1984's Top Secret. Top Secret. Which was Popey's <laughs> choice for the next movie we should do. Yeah. I wholly endorse. And let's jump right into the questions we ask before re-watching the movie, or even looking at IMDb. And the first question is, give your Twitter synopsis in 180 characters or less. So have you got yours? Yes. Let's hear it. All right. Here I got Val Kilmer leads campy romp through hilarious occupied France. Not bad. Not this bad. is the, pre, the preview. Right. This is my recollection. That's what you can rec- recollect. Yeah. Right. All right. So I said, world says thank you for meeting Val Kilmer who crushes his debut in this World War II slash Elvis movie farce. High high laugh per minute ratio and gags to appeal to all, but mostly 13-year-old boys. Really? That's under 180 characters, huh? That's like 172 or something. Wow, nice. Nice use of of the, the format. Well, maybe I shouldn't try so hard, but I'm a try hard, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> Do you, have yeah, you should joke? just mail it in next time <laughs> don't in. worry about yeah. entertainment or but wait that's my bit is over trying over analyzing yeah. and over stressing about something that should be fun and instead i make it a stress situation that's Uh-oh. like part of my dna right <clears throat> i guess so yeah <laughs> all right so then um this did come out in we just looked it up november 84 october 
October. October 5th. Okay. Do you have any recollection of actually seeing it in the theater? Uh, you know, I don't, but I don't recall a lot of theater goings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one doesn't ring a bell for me, but I think my dad did take me to it because I recall him laughing okay. and being impressed with parts of it. And I don't think we would have watched it together on home video. Right. So I right. think maybe he took me. And this was, well, this was right... Oh, go ahead. This was also a PG rating, so it's possible we could have taken ourselves to this movie as well. Was it PG? It was PG. This is, I think, pre-PG-13 rating. Right, so this is right the, up at the, the edge. The birth of PG-13 was post-Temple uh, of Doom, I think. Uh-huh, okay. Right? I think that was the the inspiration, the, 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 the straw that broke the camel's back. For... Yes. Yes, exactly. So... Uh, they squeezed this one in before, which um, uh, we'll talk about, you know, wh where they got a little edgy. I think some parts of this would not have made a PG rating in 2018. <laughs> not a lot, but a few. Um, okay, so before you watched it, did you have mem top three memorable moments or scenes, if you do, or quotes? Um, Anything you could remember before you saw it? No, nah, I didn't really have it. Oh, uh, yeah, I had one thing, which was, uh, I love these German cars. They're so well built. <laughs> you remember After that? The Pinto, the Pinto exploding, yes. Right, right. Mm. Although, spoiler alert, it's a, it's a gremlin or a pacer. It's a Pinto. No, I yeah. don't think it is. Uh, it's the great, the great Pinto, um... I think there was actually actually a big lawsuit that was made into another film actually at some point about the based loosely around the Pinto hearings. Well, that's what I recollect, right? So there were yeah. these Pintos that had the gas tank was in the rear and right. theoretically was responsible for rear-end collisions that should not have been a big deal, like causing it to catch fire and I think people died. Right, right. But... Yeah. I thought in the close-up that I saw here, it was a different car. Should we should we move it to the uh, the the timestamp right already? Is this this is the pre? No, this is the pre. So we'll get to that. Pre recall here. Yeah, yeah. Although diversions are good, we like diversions. But um, so you remembered that scene? I definitely remember that didn't scene. Sorry, I mean to get whiny on you there. <laughs> That's now you're getting in my territory. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So you remember the German car quote? That's funny. Um, yeah. So it's awkward, but I admit that my number one is the 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 line. It took our doctors four hours just to get the smile off his face, <laughs> which I firmly remembered was through the use of an anal intruder on a 220 volt circuit <laughs> instead of American 110. That stuck with me. That stuck with me. <laughs> don't know why. I don't think we should delve too far into that. No. Um, I also remember the backwards scene in the, the Danish bookstore. Um, yes. I think my dad commented about how clever that was and what he talked about that scene for a while. Like, it's not yeah, just interesting no, and cute. He thought it was really cool. Yeah, this actually had some some technical merit to the, the film itself. Right, it totally yeah. did. It totally did, yeah. Um, 
I also remembered the pizza cheese stretching scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm a big fan of pizza, and I got in the pizza uh-huh. shop, and I was happy. And then there, I remember the teenagers, like, taking their piece, and then they're halfway across the room, and this yeah. cheese is still going. So I remembered those. All right, so now we get to the critical star rating based on memory section. So what category do you want to start with? Quality of science. Okay. Which I gave... A kind of arbitrary. Now, I give it arbitrary two and a half to. Although, if we're going half integers, why don't we just go to ten or nine instead and then double the scale so that we're still at. I think there's room in this podcast to fuck with the scale every time (laughs) and disagree. So, if you want to switch to a ten point scale right now, you go ahead. Go with root two. Two root so, two. So from zero to five, though, if you're switching it to an integer scale, you need zero to eleven, so you can get a halfway midpoint. Is that right? Well. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, no, it just 10. makes it balanced, but zero to ten, so that a five would place you right in the middle. No, four would place. No, you're right. Four. There's five below five, and then there's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, you're right. Zero to ten is eleven points. I'm sorry. Boy. Some people do one to ten, boy, which is we not are balanced. so getting okay. delisted from the alumni <laughs> mailing list. It's bad. It's bad for 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 the viewers. I just did a face palm. So, what's your what's your rating on science? <laughs> It's uh, two and a half. Two and a half on a five. Or five. Or five. Five on a ten point scale. Okay. That's right. And any commentary on that? Um, I have the Pinto. The Pinto. Okay. (laughs) So for me, yeah, actually, I also gave it two and a half stars. That's my science rating. Um, I I was thinking they did silly things, but they didn't violate the laws of physics a lot. I mean, it's a comedy. It's not sci-fi or fantasy, so I'm not going to punish yeah. them much for, like, just because it was a sight gag that was a little bit impossible. Like, the plot yeah. didn't ride on those things. They're just funny, so it's fine. But it certainly didn't do the, um, like, it's not only really accurate, but it teaches us science. Like, no. <laughs> they, they don't get really past the halfway mark. Yes. All right, next category. I think nudity. Nudity. Okay, what which, did you think? Which may be somewhat inversely proportional to political correctness. That's true. I think it they, could be. They, they're related to each other sometimes. I think Not it is one time. component of political correctness. Yeah. Yeah. Like gratuitous nudity should be gratuitous, incorrect. Right. Right. <clears throat> so, what did you rate it on the nudity from memory? Two. Two. Okay. Oh wait, three. Three. All right, so yeah. you thought there was some, and in and, and our rating scale, it's not politically correct, but it means there was a lot of nudity or some quality yeah, nudity but to I, get more rating. I had the note, I had the note of, uh, uh, I peeked at the back cover of the DVD that I had oh. before. What does the back so, cover have? The, the back cover does have the, uh, uh, a shot from skeet surfing there. Which, um... Oh, it has got... Right, right, right. So there's a girl in a bikini with very right. large breasts coming out of the sand, which is definitely appealing to the nudity interest there. Right. 
Okay. Yes. So you gave it a three. All right. I did not. And peek perhaps at the back. over overweights yes. that well, relative to the rest of the film. You know, because... they knew how to market to thirteen-year-olds. So. That's right. <laughs> um, I did not recall any of the skeet surfing whatsoever. So I had a vague recollection of a female lead being attractive. No real nudity. I remember there was this flashback thing mimicking the Blue Lagoon with some skin, but not, you know, real parts exposed. Um, and some sex stuff that wasn't sexy, like the anal intruder stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave it one and a half stars, thinking like, oh, no, they didn't really do anything. There's like an attractive woman, but they don't do anything. So that was my pre-memory, and then I got uh, pleasantly surprised by the opening uh, uh, song. Okay, so then I think you wanted to add a category. I was I was proposing that we uh, add uh, kind of along the same lines, maybe maybe making the existing ones a little more granular. Um, one would be the social importance. Okay. And related to that would be quotability yes ah oh, so important quotability yeah. quotability because we want this podcast to have a point <laughs> <laughs> and one of the key things we're trying to do is you know talk about how this affected us and the way that we communicate through quotes right that's right is it lots thing. of it's a thing it's a thing that that we could shed some light on i think right from time to time all right so i've got social value slash impact and then quotability so i didn't rate these before did you rate them beforehand no i did not no I was all right well should we come back and rate them afterwards at the end we could we could try it out yeah okay i mean quotability is kind of can be a, kind of a slippery slope a little bit because you know there's I remember <clears throat> at various times, uh, well, one time particularly at uh, uh, some shindig. Uh, Band camp? Getting into, exactly, <laughs> getting into a discussion with somebody who happened to be a Simpsons quoter. And the Simpsons <laughs> quoter is a is a is a formidable be uh, beast Ooh. because they know the whole series inside and out, and can go an entire conversation in nothing but Simpsons. Quotes. Right, right. There's far right. too much material for them to work with. It covers right. every scenario, every social right. situation. It's all it's all right. covered by the Simpsons. And so I was I was out of my league, and I felt like I I was doing them a disservice by even trying to come up with my own Simpsons quote. Right. Um, I think maybe a, a similar vein would be the uh, the, the Seinfeld quoter as right. well. Right. Yeah. There's a lot there. There's yeah. a lot there. Right. Yeah, see so I don't I don't like people who go down and they mono like mono quoters. Like those yes. are the only quotes they do. And I think we yeah. have a couple of these friends or maybe at some points in their lives like that's the only yes. quote they do. So if you right. tried an interesting movie quote, they would come back with Simpsons quote, say. Right. And then they can keep going. And right. you're like, well, I, I just had the one relevant to what we were talking about. It's, it's, it's a breadth versus depth thing. Or right. Maybe length versus width, if you will. <laughs> right. 
way to make it. I like I like what you added there. I like what you're doing. Yeah, go ahead. Push push a little harder to yield. Yeah, go ahead. Ooh, was, feels good. Was, I think that was a private school for girls quote there. Right. Which do you prefer? prefer which do you think length. is more important? I think length right, or yeah. width. Right. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> we'll have to drop in a quote there. <laughs> drop in a sound drop. Know, yes, BB, that's. BBK's I'm sure that works. was left on all of our minds as boys. It's like, well, which is it? I need to know. <laughs> I better know which one to like badly attempt to compensate for. <laughs> <laughs> so quotability, I think, is super important. But we'll we'll do that. We'll do that at the end. We'll look back on this one. And I don't think we have to hold ourselves to, like, Simpsons-level quotability or something. No. It's on our own personal standard. Right. Whether we yes. think it had carrying power and whether we actually used quotes from this movie later in life or whether we really wished. Like, there, I, I'm in a lobby for ones where I'm like, this quote should have caught on even though it didn't. Like, I can say it was quotable even though it was only me. Right. Right. It's well, my, it's it took my rating us, scale. It took our surgeons four hours just to remove the smile from his face. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And it, you can yeah. apply it so often, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> coming up all the time. All right, we better move on into the what did you give this overall beforehand? What was your rating overall going into it? Um, yeah, I guess... Based on the current scale, it would be two and a half. Oh, so you're kind of middling on it in your five. memory coming in. Well, I would go up to three. I'd round up to three just based on the comedic, you know, the campy comedic quality of yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm, I guess I like comedies more than you do. Like, I gave no. it a three and a half. <laughs> That's, but wait, let's break, let's go back to your, your rating scale here. You have numbers. What were your numbers again? But the overall is not like an average of the prior <laughs> okay. ratings. Oh, all right. It's all a right. separate rating. Okay. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. I thought it had some kind of foundation and, you know, there was like a, uh, well, some some kind of formula. I give points. Uh, I mean, I, my overall is affected by is there some good nudity in there and did I like the science? Okay. Right. And if it yeah. offended me politically, then I would probably take some points off. But okay. there's so many these... other factors. Okay. All right. You know, All like, right. did it have an ending I liked is a big deal. Right. Sure. Big well, on ending. So I gave it three and a half. I, I thought it bordered on a four, but I remember some jokes fall flat, or maybe I felt guilty about, like, I recall a guy gets raped by a cow, and I laughed but felt guilty, you know, so I don't want to give two, it's not like this was, um, when we get to the social impact thing, like, yeah, it's a silly comedy. Yes. Also, I, see, I had a vague remembrance that, like, it didn't end real strong, it just kind of tailed off. Like, it didn't end with a bang. It was my yes. recollection going in. Okay. All right, so uh, did you buy, or do you still have any merchandise? From oh, this? yeah, I got the DVD, so... You have the DVD, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, I didn't. I don't have any any of the stuff from this, although I was a fan. Um, uh, and that, that probably factored into my suggesting it for the next film. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so fucking cheap. <laughs> 
Yeah. What can we do with what's in the room Cheap. now? Oh, wait, no, no. Cheap and uninspired. And uninspired. Yeah, let me not go looking for good movies. Let me just say, oh, look what's in front of me. Precisely. <laughs> Way to go. You were a little tired at the end of our last podcast. It was. It was you may have been looking for easy ways out. Different time zones, you know. All right, well, we're 20 minutes in. Let's keep going here. Um, so where were you at the time, personal context? House, school um, year? Yeah, that would have been the beginning of uh, seventh grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's which was 1984. Yeah, which was uh, it's a good time. I, I recall seventh grade very fondly. Um, yeah? Yeah. I think... Uh, I I recall, um, you know, well, I was going in a different direction, but yeah, like it was, I, I have positive feelings about this. I mean, it was the Reagan era. Okay. You yeah. know, I mean, so much to say about that, but like we were having fun within it, like so much crappy culture was being cre- created around us yes. in the 80s. Like, there was a real value loss of culture towards commercialism and vanity. Yeah. You know, and it, but that, that made lots of stuff to joke about or to have yeah. fun. And then, like, and was, go ahead. And I, I think, I think it, there was, there was the, there was a lot of quality entertainment that was produced at the same time, though. I mean, in terms of music, yeah, the mm-hmm. Van Halen's 1984 yeah. was yeah. one of the, great albums of the 80s and it's classic actually right i would say at this point absolutely yeah, as opposed as opposed to the 80s pop which everybody focuses on with the 80s i think you know the, the, right right there, there was, was plenty of, of classics that got created really that decade despite yeah. the wall of pop that and, came out yeah and counterculture too i think yeah, absolutely was, was a big result of that too. yeah i mean i don't think any of it stopped us from having a ton of fun i mean mostly i remember at that age i wanted to have fun with my friends i wanted to play yeah. video games yeah um i wanted to find nudity which was very yeah. difficult at that time right like uh, there was no yes, internet right like <laughs> we we would bust into the cable box and mess with the potentiometers inside it right. to try and descramble the the hbo the, or the cinemax adult, yeah right? that's right right like uh, i saw a boob for half a second <laughs> you know like that was it was interesting because it wasn't we weren't in a culture that was totally disapproving of it but it was just not readily available that was no. my feeling right right so i was partic- like if i saw some or if i could possibly get to some i was interested i wanted to know yeah. what yeah. they looked like but yeah uh, and I was already at that age super interested in girls with no prospects whatsoever. <laughs> sure, time, but sure. super interested, hoping to hoping to date, hoping to right get to first base and beyond, but no prospects whatsoever. Um, and I very fondly recall our circle of friends. I mean, I, it would fluctuate sometimes. I think making me feel like maybe I had to compete to be cool and accepted. But I think more like I wanted everyone in the whole world to think I was cool, but I kind of trusted my buddies liked me on a base level, so I felt pretty okay, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, and 
I was really into my Tony, my new to me, my, it was a new Tony Hawk uh, deck, my skateboard. Oh. Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk skateboard, the old style with the single uh, kick tail. Right, on uh, right. And, you had, yeah. I recall you, and a, like I was jealous like of your skateboard. A hawk with lightning bolts on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, didn't you like, so the front was covered with like the sandpaper like surface. Grip tape. Yeah. yeah, and didn't you didn't you make a lightning bolt on the top too? On this? It was it was a, like it was torn in the middle to part it, and so it looked like a, it was cutting through. Yeah. In kind of a very jagged fashion across the top. Oh, that's yeah. a great callback. It was a big deal. Yeah. Like we didn't have a car yet, yeah. but your skateboard was right. where you could express yourself right. a little bit. And, and they were crazy expensive for a kid at the oh, time. My God. Yeah. 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 So I forced my parents to finally get me one. I was terrible at it. I could barely do anything on it. Right. I mean, I could go down to school, but then I didn't have the guts to really try much to do right. tricks. I didn't want to fall and scrape. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the one of one of my uh, missed opportunities was to actually try out the half pipe in you know down the street in the guy's backyard. You know, right. So to at least try it out you know maybe break a bone you know whatever but go but for it at least i'd have tried out the the half pipe yeah well i'll tell you i think it was three years ago the kids got a little bit into skateboarding they had skateboards and we were visiting a friend in portland oregon his teenage daughter had a skateboard and he said oh there's a skate park over here so when there was it was a good time i went over with the boys to the skate park yeah there's a bunch of people from teenagers into adults skating around the park doing things. Yeah. And there I am with my boys who've never really done it at all. And I basically, they were intimidated and were yeah. hanging. And basically, like, they didn't want to start, but I basically made them try to drop in once at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was because I had never done that drop in. Right. And I'm like, you yeah. got to try it. They both fall, totally yes. get scraped crying That's in the right. car situation yeah. nice <laughs> it was like but at least at least you had experienced vicariously that which you had missed out on right. at their age yeah right, right. but it at was, their expense it was kind of like well i'm glad i didn't have to do that <laughs> so i guess i was right never to drop in yeah i would have fallen on my ass and scraped my hip like that's nasty ow <laughs> i really feel for you kid <laughs> Oh. I felt terrible. I felt terrible. Uh, they wouldn't have. <laughs> I think. I think that's affected them to this day. <laughs> like they don't ride. Well, now they know. It's it's added depth to your relationship with your children. Yeah. 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 I mean, I did push them a little bit. All right. Well, should we start talking now about they, the movie? Now they call you half pipe when you're not around. <laughs> <laughs> call me. I didn't show any skating ability. Precisely. Call me. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ironically. Ooh, sick burn. <laughs> shredder. Oh, you shredded me. That's nice right, shredder. That's right, Shredder. <laughs> well, so this movie, in contrast to our last film, Thrasher, actually. I guess Thrasher. Yeah. yeah. It was like a magazine and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get Thrasher? I would pick it up at the newsstand occasionally, yeah. yeah. Now, wasn't your older brother kind of a skate dude, too? Yeah, he was yeah. much more into the skating, yeah, than Yeah, I was. my sister yeah. could care less about it. I mean, she had yeah. one when she was 10, but then, no. Okay. 
Right. So you you yeah. had the older brother thing going, and his buddies right. are around and they're skating, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And there's yeah. also a transition over the skate and the punk scene, right? That's so, right. That's right. Notable overlap. Yeah. Yeah. In the culture, yeah. So you were closer to that. Yeah, just because I had an older brother that was more into it than, yeah, perhaps your sister who did he like was, take you along? Did you go skating was with on him? A different track, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a yeah, a little bit, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, kind of, kind of, sorta in the you know let him tag along kind of occasionally kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Right, we both had the younger brother uh, setup. Yeah, yeah. Where sometimes, yeah, I was definitely interested in hanging out with my sister's girlfriends. Right. Yeah, I mean, and this was a time in our lives, like sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. I was so excited when we got to middle school, and I knew through my sister, eighth grade girls, like. I think I thought that would give me some social status or something magical, like uh, yeah. uh, at a dance. And I, I, what I got out of that was like this. I mean, so tiny. I think I got a couple of like, oh, he's cute at a moment. Well, a couple yeah, of moments. But, I mean, you also got probably more exposure and acclimation to girls at the same I did. time. You know, which I did. Probably would. I might did put get... you at an advantage of over somebody who was in kind of an exclusively kind of boys kind of culture. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that did help. I heard them talk. I heard them talk to each other. Yeah. You know, my sister and her friends would hang out. I could hear them gossip sometimes. Yeah. And uh, and that did help to give a clue, like, what are they thinking? What are they interested in? It wasn't me, but it, I got some clue. <laughs> at least... At least you were familiar with them as human beings rather than some kind of mythical kind of... Uh, or, or right, un, un, unapproachable creature. Unrelatable kind of, yeah. Creature, right, yeah. right. And, yeah, and actually it did give me some perspective. Like, I got to see them being silly and stupid. Yes. Like, it's easy to imagine when you're that age as a boy, like, girls are amazing or in some ways perfect, and if I can just do the right thing... But right. it's very helpful to realize, like, they're imperfect and sometimes right. petty or vain or whatever. Yeah. And or so, awkward idiots. Yeah, yeah. or awkward <laughs> idiots. Yeah, any of that stuff, right. Yeah. They yeah. don't get the right words out sometimes. They're worried what the boy is thinking or, or whoever they're interested in. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess I, I've got a few clues of that. I certainly wasn't thinking about it on this level at the time, but it was nice to have some exposure. All right, so I'm going to launch into the movie about the speed at which it launches into us, which in contrast to Peach Dragon is not a yes. long, drawn-out matte painting with titles right. telling you who the gaffer no, was. we go straight to Academy Award nominated, right? Omar Sharif. Omar Sharif, yeah. yeah. International film superstars. Yeah, so... Battling, grappling on the top of a speeding... Uh, steam loco steam train yeah. with a Nazi. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Or I guess he turns out to be an East German. Well, right. right. So it took me a while, due to my classic poor history, to realize, like, wait a second, how can the enemy be Nazis, but it's post World War Two? Right. 
but it was just because, to my simple way of viewing, like an East German soldier doesn't look any different than a Nazi to me, and they certainly well, don't behave any differently in this movie. Yeah. In this movie, yeah, that's that's the that's the pretty much the 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 one to one kind of um, uh, association that they make, right? I think, yeah. So I guess to step back in reality, like, wait, was the East German army like that? Well, were, were they like remnants, right? So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I think they were notably different than the Nazis who were running all of Germany before the end of World War II. Right, but they're part of the axis of evil, so... The aggressive impulses of an evil empire. <laughs> Going back to your Reagan. Yeah, yeah, so for the American, the evil it's empire. like, sure, they're still the, Nazis. The... Think of it. Think of them as Nazis. It's simpler that way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Communists, guess... Nazis, whatever. They're yeah, the is there really guys. a difference? They're bad guys. Right. So... Castle Smurfenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Castle Smurfenstein. <laughs> it was a hack of Wolfenstein. <laughs> like, I recognize the words, but I was trying to remember, was it a joke or a real thing? It was a real thing. So it was a, yeah, it was... It was a game on, like, Apple IIe or something, right? Yeah, well, Castle Wolfenstein was the game, and then somebody actually went in and hacked it. It was one of the first skins, right. kind of, right. of, or mods of... Of a, or at least that I can remember of a, of a commercial game that. Right. So the Nazis yeah. were Smurfs instead, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Or the wolf, strange wolf Nazis. And there were lots of Canadian jokes in it. Yeah. So do you actually had it? I think so. Was that yeah. something you had I to like I download off a bulletin board at three hundred? Probably. Baud? Probably. Nice. Yeah. Drop in the audio drop of a three hundred baud modem connecting. Circa 1984. Alright, so they they don't bore you with titles. They're on a train with the amazing Omar Sharif. It says East Germany. And then the first joke is the Nazi is, stands up on the train, but there's a low That's right. bridge. That's right. But he's so tough, and he just goes right through Omar it. Omar Sharif ducks. Right. Seeing this is about to happen, he ducks in order to avoid getting his head getting chopped off by the bridge right. and and the bridge just gives way under and as as the the nazi stands unfazed right he just dusts yeah. himself off so dusts it immediately lets off. you know what kind of movie you're getting right right so you're like thank you okay i'm in a comedy let's go <laughs> at which point omar sharif glances up at the situation and immediately bails off the train <laughs> right. Right, so he has to play as, the straight As man. you do when right. as you confronted do. with an invincible, yeah. Right, and that train's moving pretty fast, but he, Captain Kirk, right. shoulder rolls it out. That's right, and that's right. And he's fine. Omar Sharif yeah. is great. I mean, I, coming in, I did not know Omar Sharif. I feel like yeah. you did. Uh, I don't know if we, we may have, well, I guess the next year, actually, we were, we were, uh, uh, we watched Dr. Zhivago collectively. Um, I think. Right, and he's the lead, or, right? It may have been high school that we watched it collectively. Dr. See, I think you were in a class that watched it and I didn't. So oh, okay. I missed All out. Right. So he was more important to you than he was All to right. me. And I remember you telling me about him and I was like, oh, whatever. Love him. <laughs> I don't think Dr. I saw Dr. Zhivago. 
Chicago until like okay. 10 years ago. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't think I had seen Dr. Zhivago at this point, though. So, I think... Oh, all right. Yeah. But, yeah. but when Dr. Zhivago had Omar Sharif, that probably made Dr. Zhivago <laughs> more interesting right. to you. That's right. Because you appreciated him from a comedy. It movie. could be, cause, because I was already, he was already familiar, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's critical, because we like comedies as kids, and so if our actors transition right. from comedies to serious movies, we're willing yeah. to give the serious ones a try, because we love that actor. So. Sure. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten through uh, Lawrence of Arabia the first time, probably, without having I've... seen Top, Top Secret first. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made it all the way through Lawrence of Arabia. No? I, like, skipped That's... ahead. Really? The last wow. time I okay. tried to watch it. I mean, that is a long freaking film. It's a long movie, but it's. I think it's... I think it's paced well. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it gets drawn out sometimes. It's... Cinematography is pretty spectacular, usually. It, yeah, it is. I don't know that I want us to review it, but I admit I didn't make it through I'm, it. I skipped I'm ahead. I'm just saying, I think it's a classic for a reason. But yeah. Yes, I think there's some for good reasons. For a bunch of reasons, actually. But, I, you know, it didn't... There were some reasons I didn't like it, so I'm just going to be the okay. opposite voice. Fine. That's good. Fine. 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 Have it your way. <laughs> no, we don't have to have it my way, but I cannot like the movie if I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> and no. you can like it. You must fall in line with the rest of us. One of us. Well, so we're not going to be able to stop and talk about every joke in the movie because there's a joke about every five to seven seconds. This is. This and is, they, yeah. they start to show it to you. I mean, they he ties up the motorcycle like a horse, which they... There's a call back to that later. Yeah. There's the find him and kill him stamp when he gets the note. Brilliant. There's the letterhead on the same document that he stamps. Uh, East Germany. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what did the I don't think I caught the letterhead. Uh, I think it was East Germany uh, leadership through intimidation or something. <laughs> nice. Government, nice. Yeah. Better government through intimidation or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a brilliant. I mean, they put in so much work on the details in this film. It was a work of yes. love. Yes. I mean, East Germany, better government through intimidation. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah so there's, um, I mean, it was so detailed. They give, then they launch right into this dastardly plan involving trapping a NATO fleet in the Mediterranean, distracting them with yeah. a joint Russian-American musical performance. Like, that was actually retail-tailed plot thinking. I mean, they make up a serious plot for you. That's right, that's right. Germany will become united under one rule. Ours. After Sunday, there will be no one to stop us. Which... That's what, that's what the fourth writer in the credits... I think was his his job was actually having some sort of plot line. Right. He's like, let me actually string this all together. Like, there's a reason we go to this stupid place and this stupid place, and then this stupid thing happens. Actually, I can make up. I've got a reason. I've got a reason for that. And they do. I really appreciate it. Like, it's a well done comedy. Um, And they don't make you wait too long there. They just give you immediately the brilliant transition to. The first musical bit, musical yes. number, Skeet Surfing. Skeet Surfing, which is a ridiculous premise for a sport. Yeah. It's it's awesome. And, and they demonstrate. And they why demonstrate. It's so ridiculous. Right? I mean, 
They are really surfing and shooting guns. That is awesome. I mean, they did it. They got guys out there on surfboards with 12 right. gauges with planks, I assume. But they are firing them <laughs> while surfing. And this song is so good. I mean, if everybody had a 12 gauge. I wish they all could be double barrel. Right, right. And, and and this is where they run the titles. The way to make the titles fun. So this was a great example for like, I think, all filmmakers. Like, okay, you want to have titles, make them fun. You can do so for titles. And so they totally do that. I, they immediately get a half star, a nudity star for Bikini Babes. It's a beach scene. The bunch of bikini women, including the one on the back of the... Um, DVD case, yes, which was right. the big boob girl who is in the sand and actually they, well, you can watch it, but I had to bump it up for a full star at that point. I mean, there you go. <laughs> There's your prurient interest. Um, but then they, they have so much fun with it. I mean, they're shooting the hang glider, they shoot down a plane, there's just yes. all this good stuff. Like, yeah. they're laughing at themselves. Yes. Um, and then... It's so fun how they, they they make plays on all kinds of other movie tropes, but they go to the yeah. top of the chart things. Mm -hmm. And this is a moment where I freeze-framed. Yes. <laughs> Did you see that? you got to read that the top four songs are Nick uh, Rivers. Right. Who's who's the, the pop superstar that's visiting the the cultural festival right and uh yeah your your skeeton heart your skeeton is a duet heart. With, with with tammy wynette with tammy wynette it's such a beautiful touch right and then just to reinforce what an insane high level star he is mm -hmm. there's a shot of a marquee of a cinema and he's top billing over stevie wonder linda yes. ronstadt and the still alive at the time frank sinatra right who's Who's down at the bottom and like time permitting? Time permitting, yeah, yeah. So it's just relentless. Like every frame has a joke. You barely have time to see them. So I love it. Or recount them in a podcast, perhaps. Right, right. I mean, I made a point of not writing them all down. I just sometimes saying like, "There's a whole bunch here." I mean, see the right. movie, enjoy the jokes, rewatch it, enjoy That's the right. jokes. Right, and then. After we're at the the Frankie and Annette um, <laughs> twelve gauge festival, right. we cut immediately to the train ride. Right, as where, as our hero travels into East Germany. Yeah, and there's uh, and the the newspaper being read as the Daily Oppressor. Right. <laughs> oh, I mean, so many background jokes, or just you know, in the foreground but not talked about jokes. Right. God, they're just so... He's learning German. Ridiculous German language <laughs> learning tape. Yeah. Learning tape. The painting he's doing, which is ridiculous. That's right. So the manager role is great. He has to play a straight man. Yes. And yeah. he does good. I mean, again, too many jokes to count, but I wanted to comment that heavy makeup on Val Kilmer. Yeah. I, I yeah. thought it stuck out to me a little bit in the HD version. Yeah, like yeah. the, the Actually, blush and the lipstick it. and the the gloss. Yeah, yeah he's definitely yeah. got some gloss going there. Yeah. And he is young. I mean, is he twenty? Yeah. Here, um, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Um, but he's already doing Val Kilmer. It was really fun. Like right. he he interacts with the German guards, and when they like check their papers, and he's so good at being the like plucky risk taker in the face of dangerous authority, 
Yeah. And yet they show you his moral character when they see some guy, a poor guy at the station being like dragged off by the guards. And he right. shows in kind of subtle facial stuff like he's pained at that. He's not flinching when there's a gun in his face. Like he's showing his future capabilities to play heroes and stuff. So it was a neat little scene, actually. And that's really his debut scene. Yes. Right. So right. I, th- I think he comes out and nails it. I mean, there's a reason Val Kilmer's career is long. Yeah. Like he was yeah. able to do this. I made such delicious sandwiches. And here the manager is uh, back to the plot, though. The, he's saying, you know, you got to you got to play by their rules, he says. You right. Know, you can't you can't piss everybody off and start an international incident. Right. You're you're an ambassador for America here. Yeah. And you can clearly see Val Kilmer's like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want. I think right. you can see that look on his face right away. He's yeah. not scared of his manager or the East Germans. No. Which I guess would make sense if he's being billed above Linda Ronstadt. I mean, (laughs) you're king of the world, right? Right. So, I mean, if you... So his manager is actually surprisingly down to earth, considering he has this superstar talent that he's wrangling, you know. Right. I mean, in modern days, there would be a 40-person entourage. Things would be way out of hand. Right. But they don't play it like... You didn't make as much money on being a superstar back then. Right. It took a while. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. So then they they get they they intersperse with a little Monty Python like visual graphics joke, with sound. Anyway, but we're on to Pac Man. <laughs> yeah, they get a Pac Man joke in. I totally remembered it once I saw that. Pac-Man. So they're doing Buckner and Garcia had a top 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 ten hit. I think it was top top forty definitely. Pac Man Fever. Is that right? Yeah. I don't remember that. No? You were better at music than I was. I okay. relied on you to tell me what music I should be listening to and what was cool, and I could that's... never name the artist off the radio. That's, well, yeah. You're talented that's... at that. It's a, it's a curse. It's a curse. I was jealous. Like, you guys could do that. And, I, and, and if I tried and failed, uh it was bad. Like I would, I would say. I like, still fail. I still fail. You know. Yeah, I still fail. I occasionally will say things like, "Oh yeah," and there was that great hit, uh, "Candle in the Wind" from the movie. <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> I think you're directly mocking me now. No, 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 no. Just because yeah. you can remember things with amazing accuracy. You know what's funny is. My wife gives me a hard time for remembering lines from movies I saw five years ago or ten years ago uh-huh. and reciting them. And she's like, I, I, I'm not sure I even saw that film. I'm like, oh, you were right next to me. We saw it at Theater X. Mm. You know, but I have a limit. And when you surpass it, you know, like yeah. I see you as being on another level. And then that makes me want to make fun of you in defense of my own limited abilities. So uh, Sure. It's all give and take. Right. So there's always a bigger nerd is the... <laughs> Is the rule, so right? Bigger nerd just means taller kneecaps to take out. <laughs> that's, that's the spirit. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump ahead. We get to the like everybody's meeting for the cultural festival, and they get a nice series of East Germany jokes in here. Yeah. Starting, not to me, starting, but the 
best one I thought was the women's Olympic team, East German women's Olympic East team. East Germans, yes. Totally topical, right? They just had the right. They got banned from the '84 Olympics, or they were they were there, but it was so kind of obvious that some of them had been taking testosterone. They looked really masculine. Yeah. I don't the remember. '84 Olympics actually Russia boycotted, right? So, but not East Germany. Not East Germany, right? Maybe. Okay. I can't remember when it was, but it was a yeah. thing at the time, a joke we all got. So that one definitely stuck. I mean, I remembered that one. And they play it well. I mean, those guys were huge who they who they put wigs on right. to bring out. Yeah. That, like, yeah. They crank the jokes to 11 just to make sure you don't miss it. Right, right. <laughs> so here's one I'm not sure I got. I don't know if you did. Then they, they pull up and they show a hotel, and it's the Hotel Gay Schluffen. Yeah. Should I get right. that? Gay Schluffer, I think, maybe. Gay Schluffer. Didn't... Is it? Are they trying to make a joke on the word "gay"? I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get it. But I was wondering yeah. whether I should have. I'm. I'm not sure. I think maybe it would have made more sense to somebody of a different generation. Maybe. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Our legion of listeners will write in and tell us about it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma. Mom didn't make it that far in this one. No. <laughs> she tuned no. out. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get my kids to start the podcast. I, there's no hope on that one. <laughs> Let alone do internet research on a scene from a film from 1984. Yeah. But there's hope. But I guess we're only 16 minutes into the movie here. But we do get our heroine arrives. Yes, right. In her white dress. So she's outside. She's in trouble. Um, she. This reminded me to Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. So it's black, but the hood is totally her New Hope hood of uh-huh. being discovered. And then the music cues here, I thought they were pulling a lot of the same instrumentals in Star Wars interstitial stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if interstitial is the right word, but the scenery music when there's little drama stuff happening. It sounded mm-hmm. totally brought me back to Star Wars. Okay. I mean, All this right. wasn't music was not by John Williams, but... I don't know. No. It was a good score, though, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was really good. They do a nice setup, right? Val is ordering the Ripple Blanc. <laughs> right. His manager orders it for him. His manager. Very good. It's yeah, very and good. they really they really pulled out one. Like, he it's he smells the screw top. It dissolves the glass. Yeah. It's in. They, they mm-hmm. mil- I, like, I like that. Like, they don't just make a little joke like, oh, the Ripple mm-hmm. Blanc, ha-ha, bad wine. They're like, right. no. You no. will see and love the bad wine. Twenty. Twenty. Fifty more. And then I guess I tried to not take notes on every joke because there's so many here. But I do. I did appreciate the joke it's on a her German name, name meaning uh, it means she whose bosoms, she defy, whose bosoms gravity. defy gravity. Right. And then the look on Val's face, like how to respond <laughs> to that, is, right. the, is, the, yeah. is the best part. But, yeah. but I was wondering, is this the inspiration for the scene in Pulp Fiction? When Butch has just killed a guy in the ring where he was supposed to throw the fight, and he gets uh-huh. in the car with Esmeralda, right, who's an attractive young woman from a foreign country driving the taxi, and she asks him what his name is, uh-huh. what his name means. And he says, I'll have to drop in the quote, but, you know, our, our names don't mean shit. They're American. Butch. What does it mean? We're American, honey. Our names don't mean shit. <laughs> You know, so I thought this okay. scene was inspiration for that. Okay. Like, was All this right. original? Yeah, I 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, not like American I, names are stupid. My dad thought of Nick while precedence. he was shaving. <laughs> yeah. So they jump into the next musical scene, and at this point I realized you got me to watch our second musical film in a row. <laughs> this is. This turned out to be a musical, It's basically. a musical. Yeah. Didn't yeah. really hit me until this scene, and you know I hate musicals, but this, they make it so enjoyable, right? <laughs> First of all, it's a song everybody knows. Like, all of his songs are rip-offs of Beach Boy yeah. songs or Elvis songs. this is songs. just straight Little Richard here. Yeah, straight Little Richard, and then they just do... <laughs> Every kind of music video joke. Not straight, but, with... but straight, yeah. Literal Little literal Richard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's just covering yeah. it, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, old German people are doing the music video jokes that would be played by, or right. music video activities. And, um, and then I did look in the titles at the end. This is Val Kilmer singing. Yep. And yep. dancing. I mean, yep. the man's got it all. Yeah, yeah, he's I mean, doing, he's doing his his Elvis kind of thing. Yeah. Now there's other movies. Wasn't doesn't he play Elvis in the background in True Romance? In um, oh, I don't remember. In True Romance, who's the main male character? Is it? Uh... Clarence, I like you. I always have. Always will. Yeah. Lead. Was uh, what's his Phoenix? name? It was either. Oh my God! Ooh. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Phoenix or uh, or uh, what's the other guy? Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Who was in Pump Up the Volume? Yes. Christian Slater. Christian Slater. It's Christian yeah. Slater, okay. and Christian Slater has brief moments where he imagines he's getting advice from Elvis. Okay. All I right. believe it's Val Kilmer. Okay. All right. And. Like, I think Val Kilmer maybe has always had an Elvis thing. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. But he can totally do it. I mean, he's awesome. So many things happen in the next few minutes in the movie. Cedric gets crushed in the car, but lives through it and appears as the crushed car. <laughs> and they get further Howard Johnson jokes. Like, in case you didn't catch the Howard Johnson, they mention right. it again. Yeah. Um... They do tell you some plot points that Hillary's dad is the doctor who was mentioned yeah. in the first scene. Right. You know, and then they get some <laughs> they get some scenes in. Oh, poor Cedric has been crushed in the car. He appears in a hotel room, and they, they milk the crushed car thing, including a nice boobs-to-the-face joke. Right. right. Yeah, so this is at over least... Him. At least the the third boob joke of the movie here, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this one is crass. I mean, his antenna goes up and the horn honks. Right. Yuck. You know, it's good thirteen year old boy fantasy. I mean, accidental boob was is better than no boob. <laughs> right. She's not intending to give you boob. This is not a consensual thing. But like, oh, you'll take it. I got some boob right. in my face by accident. Yeah. Yeah. So it was embarrassing, but they knew who they were appealing to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they have kind of a big. I don't know what the purpose of the opera scene was. I guess it gets them on the run, and there's a nice like fight with a guy with a gun. That's right. And they they kill. Yeah, Sergeant Kruger. He turns out to be of the secret police. Right, yeah. Sergeant Kruger. Right. 
And there's a huge number of background jokes in that scene. I mean, it's too much to go over, but did you notice there was, like, an old couple having sex in the middle of the frame as they, like, pan out in the panic? That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's an airplane-like joke, right? Airplane style. This is definitely showing its its connectivity, its its fundamental connectedness with the Naked Gun series and Airplane. Right. Yeah. Right, so that's in their that's in their DNA. Uh, although I think it means there's something to one of the writers is like the best time, the best opportunity to have sex is during total panic. <laughs> Maybe that's okay. the like as the desperate nerd, the only time you're going to convince an attractive woman to do something with you is under total panic scenarios. Like that's we right. might as well now. That's right. And maybe you get your consent there. That's right. <laughs> Very sad. Good. Go out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> right. The best example of which is definitely at the end of um, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, uh, Spies Like Us. Yeah. Yeah, that was the want to go out with a bang. Right. Quote. I figure we have 42 minutes until the end of civilization as we know it. You uh, want to go out with a bang? I beg your pardon. It's just an idea. You know, if we were sitting in a bar, I'd throw a drink right in your face. But under the circumstances, it's not such a bad idea. So that was like, the dream comes true there, but every other time it doesn't quite, doesn't quite fall. Alright, so we get into, I call this act two now, we get to the prison. Yeah, yeah, okay. The prison so, where he's he's counting the 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 he's counting something he's he's got tick marks on the wall right. waiting to get out of prison yeah. right and it turns out he has six, Not, twenty marks and it's been twenty minutes twenty minutes that he's been there yeah, yeah. but Before you know they come right back that. like the the manager has his joke like. I'm really sad. I've gone all the way to the ambassador in the State That's Department, right. but I just can't yeah. bring my wife to orgasm. That's right. <laughs> Which introduces what was the most memorable to me is Val Kilmer, yeah. to help him out, pulls from under his prison bunk. Yes. The anal Very intruder. large box with a happy couple. <laughs> the happy couple the is, I mean, yeah. they made this prop, right? This is yeah. great. Like, they yeah. made and had printed the... The picture on the front with the man right behind the woman. Right. Both smiling, yeah. He opens up the box and he's so excited looking through the attachments, including there's like the fist attachment. That's right, the fist attachment. (laughs) Right. I mean I'm sure at the time I was like, What does a sex toy look like? Like no idea. (laughs) No real idea. Right. And Not like, actually a jackhammer as portrayed in the movie, potentially, I'm like, but I'm maybe like, I'm in some knew... circles it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. I knew it was silly, but I wasn't quite sure, like, how past, how far past reality are we? Like, right, if I saw right. a real sex toy, would it be partly as big as this? I don't know. It was... <laughs> so Marital aid, literal. Marital literal, aid. Yeah. Yeah, so that was great. And so the the manager is in a hurry to get out of there and <laughs> right, try, try out. this out. Right. While Nick is worried about when he's going to get out of jail. Yeah. Right. So, the manager's yeah. like, "Oh, it'll be fine." All right. He says something glib. Don't worry yeah. about it. 
And then he appears to be being taken to his death by a priest. And then in case you were close to forgetting the anal intruder joke, like this yes. is the next scene. This is where it's, right. Is the one that I remember is like, yeah. you know, Nick is like, well, my manager's going to get me out of here. And he's like, well, bad news. Your manager's in the hospital. And I had the quote wrong. It took the doctors two hours just two to get hours. the smile off his okay. face. I, I exaggerate things. <laughs> it was not four hours. I mean, that'd be ridiculous, right? Evidently, your friend did not realize that here in East Germany, we used 220-volt current. He was found in his hotel room, impaled upon a large electrical device. Our surgeons did what they could, but it took them two hours just to get the smile off his face. But, you know, I realized a thing I had forgotten. I My memory was that they show the device. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And my memory was that it was the end of the... Ja it's like a jackhammer. The end of right. it was blown open with broken plastic. Right. But, no, when you look in high it's definition... Actually, it's a peeled banana. It's a peeled banana. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually much nicer in my memory than that okay. something exploded or tore off in the poor right. man's rectum like oh he's just one for the banana attachment that's and right. compared to rectal? the ones we saw earlier that's that's right rectal that's death by banana is yeah. much more humane yeah i mean who wouldn't maybe feel like let's try the banana <laughs> <laughs> you'd try the banana <laughs> banana it's i guess he's going the wrong way with that you know you might as well have been trying you know crackers or rice or something you know you probably would have want to try to prune or something to begin with there right. instead i don't know right right yeah bananas will really stop you up <laughs> there's a prune that's if you want to be a regular guy prunes are your food <laughs> so prune suppository yeah so my other note, I guess this is incongruous, but my note here was the sound design really reminds me of Star Wars. Oh, okay. I don't know what was going on, but... I don't know. Well, the whole the whole thing was filmed at, uh, what, uh, the same uh, studios, Pinewood? right? Pinewood, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. Yes. It has, it has this, the same production facilities as Star Wars. So. Right, like they would have just done Jedi in 83. Um and then he has my, I really did love the joke where he has the, he's being tortured and he dreams he's back in school and he's missed final exams. Right, right. I mean, and then the relief that, oh no, I'm in an East That's German right. prison being whipped. Oh, thank That's God. That's right. What a relief. I, you know, I had those final exam jokes, uh, dreams, those final yeah. exam nightmares. I totally had those. Okay. And I had them through grad school and then for a few years after grad school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, finals are like, I guess this is offensive, but I mean, they do cause a certain amount of trauma that it took me yeah. a while to get over. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I remember one of my most memorable grad school dreams was trying to make my way up the main staircase of the laboratories and being blocked by a giant mattress. There's just this soft <laughs> thing and you can't... I can't get past the fact that there's this mattress blocking my way to the lab. I need to get into the lab. <laughs> you need to get to the lab. <laughs> and it's so goddamn mattress. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I was always barefoot. 
and it was like bad weather or there were rocks or broken glass and it's like i yeah. can't be barefoot i can't get through here i'm barefoot uh, or yeah. like naked except for a t-shirt and just desperately like i need to go put on some clothes before i attempt to interact with people this is awkward <laughs> and it's kind of cold out like <laughs> Oh, I had so many of those. Ah, school, school days. Yeah. Um, so it's some good stuff in prison, and then they throw him back in his cell, and he gets some good escape jokes. Yeah. Right. For one thing, there's a crowbar handy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Things not to leave in the prison cell. Right. And, you know, he goes through the vents and goes in one vent and out the other, and... Yeah, I recall my dad really loving that joke. Like, Head pops out of the toilet. Yeah, right. It was good jokes in a confined space. We're like, yeah. okay, we built this set. Yeah, let's get some jokes. They milk several jokes. <laughs> what was the joke about? Um, I wrote Leroy Neiman paintings? Question mark. Right. So I had to look this one up. Leroy Neiman actually did a lot of uh, sports paintings for Playboy, and so he oh. would actually have. Yeah, kind of popular, kind of, you know, football paintings, and yeah. So it would look iconic? I don't know about iconic, but yeah, there would definitely, people would, might have been familiar with okay. his works at the time without knowing they were familiar with his works. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we move over into, Val gets into the cell of right. Dr. Paul Flamond. Right, we finally meet up with the scientist. Right, The kidnapped scientist. scientist. So yeah. great. Who gives details about how he would have done, um, he was working on magnetic desalinization. Magnetic Ooh, science would point. would have desalinized five millions of gallons of seawater a day. Imagine what that could do for the world, yeah. Right. Right, so um, I have to give him a science point for that. Yeah, and um, Val Kilmer's and Nick astutely points out that it could provide salt for forever. <laughs> right. right, so he gets to play the stupid guy joke. It was nice. It was a nice. It's nice to have a punctuating line, so you know to end a serious line. Um, and then they pan by. Here was the only actual nudity in the movie, was he has a nudie calendar girl up in the back. That's right, I wrote that Acme Lab equipment. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, so good job. They make a whole calendar just for this half-second scene in the back. I have to give him another half-star for nudity, and then at this point I'm like, was this PG-13? Like, right. I guess you could get away with it because it was brief, or I guess it was like a drawing or a painting? I wasn't sure if it was a photo or a painting. Right, right. But Yeah, it's kind of ambiguous, yeah. So they sneak that one in, which is the great joke of, like, mechanics always have girly calendars up. Right. He's this nuclear scientist, and he's got right. a calendar, too, in his lab. That's right. Yeah. Which, I, did you have calendars up in the chem labs of nudie girls? No, but it no. does kind of bring out, you know, the kind of, you know, there is a bit of, you know, male, was male dominance at the time right. in, the science, in the academic sciences, you know. Well, right, I think, I think there's, there's still undercurrents of that, you know, today. Right. Yeah. Well, I think what they're playing into is that, I guess, you know, maybe the mechanics, maybe the plumbers got away with this for a certain amount of decades in America, and other men were jealous that, like, man, I want to have 
nudie calendar up at my place. Hmm. Like, mm. You don't think that plays into the undercurrent of, like, some men wish they could be that kind of guy and be unapologetic for it and not have okay. to be sensitive and care that it would be a really unpleasant work environment for any woman who worked in and saw it. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know. You don't think there's a conscious or subconscious part of some guys who are like, yeah, I wish I could do that. Uh, yeah, sure, probably, yeah. Everyone wants to work with their hands and, yeah. <laughs> right. And be a man's man, I guess. Uh, maybe? Right. I don't know. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, something like that. It's sort of a subtle fantasy of just getting to be, you know, to do what you want as a guy and not be apologetic. And, okay. All right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but it certainly wasn't a politically correct moment for the movie. No. No. Then they do, they introduce the, the, uh, the MacGuffin, which is the Polaris Mine. Well, it makes no difference. It's what we call the MacGuffin. What's that? The MacGuffin is the thing that the spies are after, but the audience don't care. I don't know. <laughs> Putting phones on pedestals is just weird. Yeah. Um, so then, no fuss transition immediately to, I guess he's let go and he's put in the concert. That's right. That's and right. he gets to hold a full-on Beatles-level Screaming Girls concert in East Germany. That's right. And then I guess they're hiding in the park, and they get some more dialogue with some great lines in it. Like, she used to teach black history at the University of Blaupunk. That's right. <laughs> I like the Blaupunk reference. I mean, remember when, like, the dream was to have a car with a Blaupunk stereo? Yeah. Right? Car stereos, yeah. I mean, that was, that was it. So, yeah. I mean, in car. 1984, too, right? You wanted to play Van Halen on a Blaupunk. Blaupunk, yeah. 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 That would be it. Yeah, hello, liebe Blaupunk community. Um, so then they go from here into the Swedish bookstore joke. Right. With double take that I watched for the, this time, uh, the, the it was none other than Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin, who is um, Peter... Um... <laughs> oh, I'm embarrassed. I, I wrote it down at the end. Um, Peter Cushing. Peter, Peter Cushing, Cushing, thank you. Vampire, the original vampire hunter. <sighs> so great. So great. So this is um, this is post the three Star Wars movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess he was only in um, A New Hope. Right. But <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> memorably. Yeah, sorry. And then they had to bring him back digitally, but yeah. So... Um, he plays it absolutely straight, and this scene lasts like you two wonder, minutes or something. Yeah, you wonder how many takes they had to do, because it's single shot, right? Right. For the whole scene. And this is masterpiece. in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they were the first people to do reverse cinema by any means, right. but it's a great example of this. They make a bunch of use of it. Val Kilmer's face acting, he gets almost no dialogue. Because right. I guess he doesn't know Swedish. Right, right. And, um, but their reactions have to be timed backwards, right? That's right, right. Yeah. So, like, no, you're going to smile before you do this so that it looks like you're smiling after you do it. Like, right, right. <sighs> you can watch that scene a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's kind of, it looked technically, in hindsight, it looks technically challenging to, in order to pull off, you know, Right. From an acting and right. directing perspective. Yeah. I mean, a whole bunch of timing. They're walking backwards. They have to not right. knock into things. 
Yeah, yeah. You can slightly tell that their walking is off. Right. And I think that's because they're walking backwards blindly, and they're like, I hope right. I don't... It's hard to do that naturally, but... Yeah, yeah. That was good. He said you may have a certain rare book. You're a five way today. I'm sorry, I don't know her. Dr. Paul Flamond. My father is Dr. Paul Flamond. May I help you? All right, so then um, after this, I can't even remember the transition. It doesn't matter, but... Um, you know, for the nudity points, you get a young girl barely covered in a white top, you know, and she was cute. So half star for that, but there's no actual nudity. There's a funny scene where 12 people are having sex. Right. So there's too many body parts. Right. Which is a yeah. good joke at, like, right. sex scene filming. Yeah. So. Then they get another goddamn song. This one was a little bit slow, but has some good jokes in it. Um... So they have some silly bits, I'll skip, but they manage to meet the resistance, and the introduction of the resistance is great. I mean, they get to make a bunch of French jokes here. The resistance yeah. names being Chevalier, Montage, Détente, Avant-Garde, Déjà Vu, Croissant, Soufflé, Escargot, and Chocolate Mousse. Yes. Which is, it's good stuff right there. A little politically incorrect, but... It is politically incorrect, but yeah. making fun of the French is is an American joke for like three hundred <laughs> years, right? Freedom fries. Yeah. yeah. They do break the fourth wall here at fifty seven ten. They have Nick and Hillary talking. Yeah. And he has his great like in one breath he delivers like I'm not the first guy. Right. Yes. It's basically a synopsis of the entire film. I want to explain. What's there to explain? But I just want Look, to say that... I'm not the first guy who fell in love with a girl he met in a restaurant who then turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist, only to lose her to a childhood lover who she'd last seen on a deserted island and who turned out 15 years later to be the leader of the French underground. I know. It, it all sounds like some bad movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, which tells you just how quick it is. It's a nice moment. They look at the camera like it all sounds like some bad movie. That's they right. They look at the camera. The whole audience laughs. That's right. Know, they look at, at the moment. camera with some amount of guilt and right. shame. Like, Sorry, bad movie. <laughs> Keep watching. We're almost done here. <laughs> like That's the kind of thing my dad loved. Like, oh, thank you. Now you did a fourth wall joke. Like, good right. job. <laughs> My favorite, well, you'll have to tell me your favorite French resistance guy, but I liked Deja Vu. Deja Vu. I was a fan of Latrine, actually. Latrine, oh yeah. Latrine. Latrine. <laughs> I think that happens three times. The head guy is Lacroix, I think. Yeah. Calls Latrine, and Latrine appears looking like recently shot. That's right. And he and says, you know, we've got to stop these afternoon football games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, but they get the joke in there, which was one I thought you repeat, I re remember you repeating, which is, Nick says something about like, oh, I'm sorry, overreact, and Deja Vu says like, well, we all have to learn to deal with life's little tragedies, and then he sneezes in his hands. Oh, that's right. Looks, looks at, at it. it. And, then and it's screams. so disgusting, he yeah. runs screaming and breaks through a window. Right. Wasn't that one of your favorite jokes? I like, think I recall so. You would sneeze reenacting that and yeah. reenact that. Yeah, yeah. So that was one. That was one that carried, right? Because we <laughs> right. sneeze all the time. Right. And you would you would get that. And when you would do that, 
I would yeah. remember Top Secret and the guy yeah. running through the window, and it was like, you know, it was it's a cultural touch point. Right, so it's not exactly a quote, but it's, yeah. I guess it's it quote-like, right? Yeah. Right. Well, you're quoting his scream <laughs> and his pantomime. I guess so. And you used to have really disgusting stuff come out of your nose. Thank you. So, Thank you very much. you know, I think you had reason to scream. That well, made it know, all the more... I worked at that really hard. You know. <laughs> I bet. That was, I took bet. some effort to get that level of, you know, viscosity and, you know... Right, carefully tuned disgust. diet. Yeah. <laughs> it and it took, a lot of, it took a lot of guts to share it with everybody, too, I think, you know, yeah. as far as... It did. I think you were brave. I think the rest of us might have just put that in a Kleenex and not shown it to That's anybody. Right. But... Thrown it away or <laughs> stuffed it in a pocket? No, no. You had the guts to be open about That's what right. was happening. Yeah. No secrets. No secrets. No secrets between us. Right. That was how you, I think, established a higher level of honesty and open communication among us. That kind of thing. That's how a leader leads. I think that was part of my confident facade, you know, mm. behind the... You know, the the shirking, you know, know-nothing, you know, that I was shielding. So yeah. Right. Well, it worked brilliantly. Thank you. The facade you could build, like, student body president on, it worked. <laughs> it was all facade. Hey, facade, facade is great. Built on snot and, you know, leaf cuttings, yeah. Right, and quotes from 1984 bad comedies. Spit, spit and leaf cuttings, yeah. Spit and leaf cuttings? Wait, is that like leaf cutter ants? Is that I, what you're I saying? I don't remember. No, I was trying to quote Top Secret here. I can't remember what the quote was. What was they, the leaf cutting? They built the... Maybe it wasn't leaf cutting. They they built the the shelter out of... What was it? Sticks and... On the palm, island? Palm fronds. Was it palm fronds and sticks? Then we busied ourselves chopping palm fronds and lacing them to bamboo with dried seaweed and snot. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the quote she uses, but yeah, it's just shit that grows on a desert island. <laughs> well, that, that wasn't quotable, I guess. That, that, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Hillary's lines, a lot of them weren't that quotable. Yeah. Well... No, she has a few good ones. She whose bosoms defy gravity. Yeah. It all seems like some bad movie. But then Nigel has to explain, like, what happened, because he disappeared from her point of view. Right. And when he tells the story of being picked up and then apparently being sexually Re assaulted by an entire boat's crew, although maybe it was he consensual. Said un unimaginable, yeah. Yeah, he says they did unimaginable things to me, but then... Right. They took advantage of me in ways that I cannot describe. His face is, actually, I liked it. So that was... Well, I, yeah, oh. I thought that was... That, this is an interesting point that he plays here, because is it that he likes it, or is it that he's playing it up in order to win back her affections, right? Her, and sympathy, um, you know, as, well, she, as she throws himself, you know, uh, as she throws her arms around him. And says, oh, it must have been terrible, you know. And, oh, Nigel, it must have been awful. Right, right. And, so we know from having watched the movie that right. he's actually a bad guy. And that the crew were Russian communists. And he right. ended up becoming a communist. And that's why right. he infiltrated the resistance to, yeah. to do them in. And he's the source of all their troubles. So in that moment, he doesn't want to 
her to know the truth, so he has to pretend it was a bad experience. Right, right. So it could be that the truth was it was all consensual, although I believe he was underage. Right, or was it even truth to begin with, right? That's, the, yeah, you know, like, is he just, is this just a story he oh, tells in story. order to, yeah. you know, in order to, to... I think the way they played it was... I mean, this was 1984, so making a joke like, oh, yeah, a bunch of male rape, ha ha. Okay, all right. I think they make that joke, um, yeah. which is which is an awkward one to watch now. You know, like, that is a class... I mean, it's so painful how many, like, male rape prison jokes exist in our society. I hereby sentence you, Michael Bolton, and Samir Nunn, and Jabad, to a term of no less than four years in a federal... But, you know, the joke like, oh, well, a guy who is of a bad guy might like it. Okay. Right? Nigel's a bad guy. Okay. Right? A good guy would not have liked it. Okay. All right. Right? So it is a it is an anti-homosexual thing. Okay. And like, yeah, so it's very awkward, I think. Okay. All but right. it's the kind of joke they would make, right? Right, right. People weren't worried about trotting a little bit on homosexuals' feelings in 1984. That happened all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, fortunately, well, his story well, is yeah. interrupted by La Latrine. It's... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if it's like it just uh, a, a homosexual joke per se, really, you know, as far as much as a, an abuse joke, right? So, I don't know. Right, but it comments yeah. some on, like, who likes homosexual acts okay. committed, right? All right. Okay. Right. So I think it associates Nigel, who's a bad guy, with being right. a homosexual because only he would okay. like sex okay. with men. All right. That's what so I'm that's saying. So that's what you were reading from the look that he gives. Yeah, the, the that's game. what I'm reading. Okay. Okay. Right. All right. All right. Like, well, I had to have sex with men, but then I kind of liked it. Okay. And I think they imply it's because he's a bad guy. Okay. All right. And that your good guys, like Val Kilmer, wouldn't have liked it. He's a good guy. Okay. That's, that's I think the 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 stereotype they're playing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, because I was reading it more like this is my story, and I'm sticking to it in order to, you know, win the hearts and minds of everybody that I'm working around. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think. You and it's worked both. on you too, the young lady. Right. <laughs> right, and it definitely works on Hillary. Yeah. yeah. Um, but fortunately, the movie moves along a lot quicker than we do. Sure. Right, Latrine arrives, Latrine! and a battle sequence ensues, which is really fun. Right, the battle sequence. <laughs> God came down and stopped the bullets. <laughs> do you get that right? It's Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. When, okay. um, you know, the two hitmen are discussing what they thought happened when they didn't get shot. When the kid comes out of the closet. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And he fires like five times at them and misses. Right, right. And oh, Jules okay, is yeah. Like, That's Sam Jackson's. Yeah. yeah. He's like, like, what are you saying? You right. think God came down to stop the bullets? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you gotta have an opinion. I mean, do you think that God came down from heaven and stopped? Oh, what the fuck's happening? Oh, oh man! Oh man, I shot Marvin in the face. What? 
then I can't even remember the transition, but they switch from that. I guess they get away from the house and they go to their pizza house. Right. They reconvene to have a secret meeting at their pizza house. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the whole thing has been set in Germany and it feels more like the 30s and 40s. Yeah. But it's actually in the 50s and this is a 50s scene. Now everybody's dressed like yeah. American 50s. Right. That's right. So it was kind of, it was sort of reminded me of where we were supposed to be. I mean, I guess the skeet surfing thing at the beginning tells you we're in the 50s, but. Right. And I guess it makes sense, right? Like East Germany would not have looked like America in the 50s. Uh -huh. Right. Um, except for their pizza house. So. <laughs> it, which is filled with, this. it has diversity. There were several black people in the pizza house. Yeah. And I'm Although like, this is. This is supposed to be, yeah, I mean, they said it in in the 50s, but I think that's supposed to just show how how behind the times foreign countries are compared to, you know, the United States as far as pop culture goes. Right. Because, you know, on the top 10 list, we do have Duran Duran, right? Right. <laughs> With their hit, Is There Something I Should Know? <laughs> <laughs> Which was not actually, it was a line from a song. It's not actually a song that Duran Duran had. Yeah. Wait, was that in this film? No, so yeah, in Skeet, skeet Surfing at the, or not a, at the, you know, when they have the top ten list. I don't know if you freeze-framed on that, but they do have, yeah. Oh, Duran Dur Duran was in there? Duran Duran is on the list there, yeah. <laughs> I did not see Duran Duran, so that's hilarious, right? That's an 80s band. That's right. They put into the 50s list. That's right. That's funny. I did totally didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, good eye. Good eye. Um, so they managed to get a bunch of background jokes in the pizza scene, including my cheese thing. Yes, the cheese thing. Yeah. Um, I was trying to decide how they did it. I guess it was just string that comes out of the table. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but I mean they get more than like 15 feet away that's right another technical achievement for their physical comedy yeah yeah, yeah. I hope that was Oscar worthy <laughs> and then um, let's see here they're trying to convince Nick to go along with the thing and he gets to do a real like Han Solo kind of thing like attacking that battle station's my idea suicide kind of reaction Right, right. You know. Yeah. But he's the only one that knows the inside of the prison, so. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe this was the idea for um, The Rock. The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I personally think this movie spawned, like, 20 other movies. Yeah. The, the brilliant so writing is, in this was, like, we could make is, a movie out of that this, one joke. This was the pet sounds of, uh, of cinema, yeah. An inspiration to <laughs> hundreds of famous directors later who probably should That's give it. credit back. This is the worst trip um, I've ever And then I just do like the little things they do, like he heads to the jukebox. I guess he now has to convince them that he's the real Nick Rivers and not Mel Torme. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And he gets to kind of be Fonzie uh, slash Elvis. There's the sound of the quarter flipping as he heads to the jukebox. That's right. 
you know, just little it things. It could be Mel Torme because who else would have sent the pigeon that they captured, you know, mm. with, with the secret, with the message of that they had just discussed at the uh, pizza table there. Right. They had, they had just discussed. <laughs> that was awesome. The pigeon technology <laughs> brought in here was A little great. pigeon with the aviator helmet right. on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure they could do the like no pigeons were harmed in the making of this film <laughs> yeah. statement at the end. Some of those pigeons may have been disturbed by what yeah. they had to the get up they had to force yeah. on their little bodies. But well, the pigeons maybe, are the real heroes. Yeah, maybe they all you know passed on of natural causes. There were just there was a really good pigeon artist in the prop set. You know. Yeah, I mean that's a convincing pigeon. Yep. Yeah, because they'd be carrying like little satchels or attaché cases. That's their right. Feet. That yeah. was uh, they would be, uh, you know, handcuffed to their little little uh, talons or whatever. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like a secret agent slash pilot. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. So their conversation from a few minutes ago. I guess Nigel theoretically found a pigeon, scribbled a note, put it in the tiny attaché case. <laughs> right. Wait. Well, this is this is a physical. This is a, another gag that they do later on, yeah, to actually reveal who the uh, who the who the pigeon actually was, who the who the leak actually was. Yeah. Right, right. So, Hillary gets yeah. his jacket, and it's That's the classic right. like finding the magician's jacket with all That's the stuff right. in it. Yeah. He has all these like pigeons. A half a dozen pigeons fly out of the jacket. Right. Yeah. So she immediately knows. Right. The traitor was Nigel. That's right. <laughs> The other people had to have, like, a gun stuck in their back to figure it out, but she figured right. it out from the pigeons, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so what is it like... Oh, so I guess, what was it? Latrine, I guess, captures Latrine! the pigeon on its way out and realizes this is a traitorous pigeon. Right, right. Betraying them, but he gets it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so then they know it's someone at the table, and then you have to have a musical bit to move on. Right. Which is the rug dancing. Yes. Straight in the rug. And um, they get a bunch of good stuff in here. They establish that black people existed in East Germany. That's right. Which is good. But my there's a bunch of jokes that get piled on uh, in that scene. My favorite one is the they're swinging the girls, which right. end up clearly being some kind of rag doll that they're right. whipping around their head. Whipping around over their heads. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good joke on the like. I don't know. How you would kind of dramatically throw women around in dance scenes sometimes, and they just go for it. Right. Crank that one to eleven. Film it. <laughs> That's right. Let's go. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else for the uh, pizza house? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the pizza house. All right. Well, then we finally move to the attack. The attack on the prison. Yeah. Yeah. The Which they start out with from a plane. So they got themselves a plane with a British pilot. Right. Like, so right. were they, like, back in France and now they're diving back into Germany or something? Well, you see, I think they're trying to show that you can't really read too much into the time or setting here. Right. Really. It's just it's, bad guys and good guys. Right, I think. right. So yeah. they got a good guy plane, and then they have magic parachutes where on your way down you can stop and have conversations. That's right. That's right. 
Well, because I think the whole like the the real tension at the uh, table wasn't that um, that Nick could be a traitor so much as you know uh, has lo- potentially lost the heart of the leading lady. You know, right? I think I think that's that's the real tension at the table there is that you know they had just you know consummated their relationship and you know um and now all of a sudden from out of the blue this mysterious uh um memory romantic memory from the past is materialized you know tenfold right right he's still as oiled up as he was the day she remembers him and he happens to be the leader of the resistance which she cares passionately about she cares passionately about right so the worst thing you meet a girl and then there's this old guy and he's right. connected to the one thing she really cares about, which you're not right. really so into. Like, oh, that's my right. God. Yeah, yeah. So, so on the way down, you know, during the invasion, when they may not see each other ever again after this, right? You know, you gotta you gotta put everything on the line there. And so, you know, they they scoot up next to each other in their parachutes right. in order to resolve and you know and and figure out you know where they stand with each other right and you know and 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 it's still complicated but at the same time it's romantic yeah yeah <laughs> as is proven by the parachuting fireplace parachuting fireplace right. when they embrace They're able to pan away to the fireplace which is a great callback to the fireplace in their love scene or the two That's fireplaces right. in their love scene that's right. Their callback jokes are so good. Like, just, ah, they hit the fireplace again, nailed yeah. it. That's right. Yeah. Self-ref- self-referential. Yeah. yeah, that's that's. If you've got a joke, use it again by all means. But I, you know, it's so interesting how they put a romance in here, right? Yeah. And that's the part I cared about the least, and probably do still care about the least, right? Uh huh. Like, I wanted the action, and I wanted them to rescue the correct people and save the day. Right, and I've always been that way with movies. Like, oh, all right, you're gonna put a romance in here. I mean, it's. I guess it's a thing that's really important that it's done in a lot of movies. So they talk about like that movie was successful because it was about people. Right. When to me, I'm like, no, no, it was the awesome plot where there was this thing they had to do. Right. Right. And there were some humans who did it, but if somebody like loved somebody and lost them along the way, like, eh, that's secondary to me. I'm like such a, I'm, I don't know what it says about me, but I'm so much more interested in the, the details of the plot. Right. That like I like it when the hero gets the girl. Right. Yeah, but and what I, about the MacGuffin? Right. Yeah. Could we? Could there were some rules you didn't explain about the MacGuffin? Could you get back to that? I didn't quite hear enough about how the Polaris mine worked. I mean, it pulled a submarine in from way far That's away. Right. Like, I That's want the right. naval battle scene. <laughs> <laughs> but the audience don't care. So I appreciate that in the comedy, their conversation is not very short. It's humorous right. in the first place because it's parachutes. Yeah. You know, and I don't have to really suffer from it. But there's so many it's... other movies where, like, that's the main thing, and, like, the war they're fighting is in the background. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. like, wait a second, Nick. Like, don't you actually give a damn about the people of East Germany and everything? Like, I know you'd right. like to get this girl you just met. Right. But, like, yeah, how about being more concerned with the big issue yeah. than just your personal romance and it meeting, like, American ideals? Like, come on, what's important here? That's right. That's right. 
Like, I guess I'm not romantic, but I probably would have been the kind of guy who's like, yeah, like, I think we'll, I like you and all, but we're going to work on this relationship after the war ends. Right, right. Well, you know, maybe he's thinking, you know, East Germany is East Germany's problem, you know? It's not, it's not my problem, you know, as an American, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not the world's policeman. (laughs) <laughs> a new world order how convenient for him yeah yeah the plight of the suffering like whatever i'm a rock star and i met the cutest girl in east germany so maybe i'll take her home with me that's right resistance be damned and that's like right. her father eh. <laughs> <laughs> i met him they're treating him well in the prison <laughs> Um, but then they get into some of the uncomfortable bestiality sex jokes, mm-hmm. which yeah. were, I don't know, it is hard not to laugh at them, but like, he's he's getting suckled by a baby cow? That's right. I mean, we're all uncomfortable with bestiality, but underage animal bestiality is really beyond the pale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine yeah. in 2018 writing that joke and asking others to film it. That's right. They definitely, they definitely see the line and they wanna, they wanna leap across it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Were our morals in 1984 so much more flexible that it'd be like, yeah, great joke. Uh, it's not yeah, like this good, is yeah, whoa know. for a PG movie. Right. Right. I don't know. <laughs> so they do that joke. Um, so they're cutting back and forth between the cow stuff and inside the the uh, prison. And now we have the bit where Nigel betrays LaCroix inside the cow. Yeah. To, yeah right. And the cow does the acting while they have their argument. <laughs> the cow was pausing and like turning his head and like, are we going <laughs> to go? Or... But that's followed immediately by the the bull animal rape joke. Which follows. Yes, right. right. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, at the time, you, you like to see the bad guy suffer, but... Get a comeuppance, but not literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good words. Good choice. <laughs> comeuppance. Was that in your notes? <laughs> well, that was off the cuff. I like that. And sadly, yes, just off the cuff. You're inspired. Yeah. You're inspired. So, Nigel gets raped by a cow, clearly. Um, bull, actually. Bull, a bull. Yeah. A bull. Um, they get inside the prison, and they do the doctor's tunnel joke, which is great. Right, because it's the Holland Tunnel, I think, right? Oh, is that literally actually, the Holland Tunnel? I don't know. It's, you know, it's got a, got, a, got a sign for New Jersey there, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah it, has, it has an interstate sign. Yeah, yeah, he's almost finished with his tunnel, and... Yeah. You know, Val Kilmer's like, nice tunnel. Was... Or the Lincoln Tunnel, not the Holland Tunnel. Oh, maybe the Lincoln, Lincoln Tunnel, yeah. Lincoln Tunnel, yeah. Past the sea of twirly, swirly gumdrops, then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. Um, and then, um, oh, God, I have a joke here. Oh, right, Nigel is revealed. He has to explain himself a little bit. It moves very quickly here, but Nigel ends up confronting, and he says he was influenced by the works, so the, it was revealed yeah, that he was with is, Russians, yeah. 
And he right. was influenced by the works of Marx, Lenin, L. Ron Hubbard, yes, and and Freddie Laker. Who is Freddie? Freddie Laker, who is the original Richard Branson of of uh, of Britain. So oh. Freddie Laker actually had several uh, airlines that he oh. um, was. Uh, and did and he, he write actually some went books? on? Uh, he may have written a book, yeah, yeah, but. He, yeah, but then he went on to be on the board of uh, Virgin Airways and oh. stuff. So, so he's like the biggest capitalist you can think of, actually. Right, like a Howard Hughes. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. The billionaire who does right. crazy projects he wants. Right. So why uh, why that would fit in with Karl <laughs> Marx? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. To a fabulous contrast. I didn't get yeah. that. I didn't get that. Yeah. I mean, it's combined with two other jokes going on at the same time, like him walking right. funny. Like, you only have to like one of them to laugh at this scene. Right, like they appeal... right, because L. Ron Hubbard's kind of like, wait a minute, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of a weird, yeah. Right, so the intellectuals are liking the L. Ron yeah. Hubbard and maybe the Freddie Laker joke. Yeah. And, you know, other folks are liking the, the walking funny joke. I mean, it's... Not only do they hit, like, jokes that appeal to a lot of different people throughout the yeah. film they sometimes combine them within one line yeah there's more yeah, than one joke right. going on so i think it's a great comedy all right so we get to act six kind of the the resolution here where the breaking in the prison is reported to the high command who used the big phone joke yes <laughs> big phone in the foreground phone right. in the foreground which is another which you know, would you know, in terms of perspective, that's why it's big. But then he answers it, and it's actually big. It's actually it big. Yeah. Yeah, so the perspective is not what you thought. Um, and then I did write down Pinto joke, although it makes me want to scrub it and see it. You've got to hand it to the Germans. They make great cars. Yeah, 119. All right, does it, do they clearly show the Pinto badge on the back? I believe so, yeah. Just... I can't do it right now. Okay. okay. That's right. okay. So they, I've I've got it up. Yes, Pinto. It zooms in full screen. Okay. On Pinto. Yes. All right. So it was the Pinto. That poor company. Posterized, basically, here. And um, we get Latrine's third appearance. Latrine. Shortly afterwards. <laughs> and then. Well, I don't know about that poor company. I think it proved to be. Gross negligence on the part of them in court. That was sarcasm. It was sarcasm. It's okay, all right. <laughs> that was a that was a that was a Trump Twitter joke. Like <laughs> those poor companies suffering under irresponsible <laughs> fake news reporting. All right. <laughs> Sorry. No, I do not apologize right. for negligent companies causing people to burn to death in their cars. Yeah, know. bad. <laughs> um. So then Nick gets his Great Escape motorcycle moments. And then they then there's the scene where the motorcycle is chasing the German truck. Yeah. And it, it never struck me before how this is totally the um, the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene where yes. Harrison Ford... Right. Is that in um, Lost oh, Crusade? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm Last like... Lost Crusade, Oh, yeah. man, it's right there. He has to approach, and they get tied up fighting through the window while driving. Right. He doesn't drive up against the cliff. They don't have a cliff to drive up against and scrape him against. But, no, yeah. they don't have that. Yeah. Although I love how they immediately lighten it up again, though, by they 
their fingers fight over the radio station. Yes, like, that's good. That's so that's much good. better than a bunch of shots to the face. Like, yeah. the radio station. Right. Great. Fight, <laughs> they're fighting on every level here, I right. think, is what's going on, you know? Because it's not right. just the French resistance. It's not about treason or being against the cause or the girl. It's just everything. We're yeah. just fighting, yeah. <laughs> right. It's the and then and then we go immediately into another technically impressive bit of comedy, oh. the underwater fight scene. Way to bring down the house, actually. You know, I saw I read criticism that was like this didn't end in a big all at once scene like airplane, and I'm like actually it ended in an amazing set piece <laughs> underwater. I mean, there's an ending after this, but we're nearly at the end of the film here. With this long underwater fight scene, right, and it's in an really underwater Val saloon, yeah, and the other guy, yeah, right, right. It's a total ode to a western, but it's yeah. freaking filmed underwater. <laughs> underwater, <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> literally underwater. It's yeah. it's awesome. I mean, huge production. I wonder how much that scene yeah. cost them to do. Yeah, underwater yeah. filming is a pain in the ass. You get a few seconds because of oxygen issues, so you're cutting right, constantly. Right. These are these are actors doing their own stunts, right? Which is yeah, uh, nearly unheard of. Yeah. So, I thought it was great. It's really funny. Yeah. They get a bunch of scenes. Yeah. They play the music from Bonanza, I think, which I never watched, but they read it in the titles. Uh, okay. So, yeah. you know, they get a great shootout, and so presumably. They're saying it a little metaphorically, but what happens is they both get pulled out of the truck, they land in the water, they fight to the death underwater, and Val Kilmer kills Nigel and leaves him at the bottom of the fucking river. <laughs> we made it kind of funny, but that's what happened. Nigel never yeah. seen again. Okay. And All never right. mentioned again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they just kind of like, oh, that's, that's the end of that story. <laughs> that's the end of that. <laughs> So comedy pacing, and then they um, they get the bit with uh, Hillary driving on the motorcycle, and they get the E.T. breast glowing joke. Okay, yeah. I don't know what to say about that joke. Is that, yeah, it's kind of random. You know, yeah. they have so many jokes that hit, and I think part of the reason why this film wasn't regarded as an awesome comedy was some of their... F jokes fall flat in the last five minutes uh-huh uh -huh. like this one yeah like yeah. there was no time to make it an et uh joke movie there's no other references to et throughout the movie so just her right. boobs glowing like what is that we needed another did we really need another boob joke yeah yeah like, well, maybe they wanted to round it out to an even dozen. Or something <laughs> right, like right. They enough. hadn't. They're like, our boob demographic is not getting enough. Like, we've got to find a way. I mean, again, I guess they kept saying yes to everything. Right. But right. I will criticize them on that one. Her hair was okay. not particularly funny, and yeah. neither were her boobs briefly glowing red. Right. Um, although I, I did like she get they get some nice lines at the end where I guess this is an ode to um, the end of Casablanca, right? Yeah, and and uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, in Wizard of Oz, yes, yeah. yes. And they do a literal tongue and cheek kiss too. Literal tongue and cheek the, kiss. The yeah. That was good. Yeah. 
and and they they don't forget that her father is five feet away, and they pan that's over. Right. Yeah. Like just when you're about to say like that's a little awkward, her father's right there. They pan to her father. To right. You. Which is which is good. They're like, no, we didn't forget those details. They they. Uh, and then she doesn't want to escape. She wants to fight the battle because as long as an actor can be elected president, we must continue right. to struggle. As long as a child right, cries right. out in the night or an actor can so, be elected president, way to shove it in we must face. continue the struggle. And along with commenting on things like things change, interest rates fluctuate, that's a... <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Things change. People change. Hairstyles change. Hillary, I want you to be with me. Interest rates fluctuate. Who knows? Don't you want to come with me? If you don't say so, say it now. I mean, our whole economy is about what are the interest rates, right? That's that's like 90% of the financial news is what's up with interest rates. Yes. Yeah. So I think they're really ahead of the game here in pointing yeah. that out. I think that I think this is they're predicting too big to fail right here. Yes, that it? It's prescient, yeah. It's prescient. Interest rates fluctuate, and boy, did they. <laughs> they get the scarecrow joke in, and then, um, and then that's it. Fly into the sunset, sort of. That's right, because you got to stop it at some point. You got to right, but they don't stop actually. No, they don't. While the credits are rolling, they right. sneak in a few crazy credits in there too. Yeah, they had a bunch. All right, so let's do our afterwards ratings. So I like to give you. <coughs> I looked at Rotten Tomatoes because I watched this on Vudu. Vudu has Rotten Tomatoes reviews right there, and I'll, yeah. I picked a bad review and a good review to read to you. Okay. Which do you want right. to hear first? Let's hear the good review first. Okay, the good review is from Jay Antani at Cinema Writer, who writes, The story has almost no momentum and runs out of gas, ending abruptly. But how can you knock a movie with so many gut-busting jokes? Okay. And I, I think he makes the point. It was like, <clears throat> I went to see a comedy and it made me laugh. Yes, right. So they succeeded. All right, the bad review is by Richard Schickel at Time Magazine. And I think this was at the time. Uh, this time, though, the creative group has neglected to build to the kind of giddy everything-plus-the-kitchen-sink climax that made Airplane such a memorable exercise in anarchy. Huh, okay. So he's like, doesn't hold up to Airplane. <laughs> okay. I think right. it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I would give Airplane higher points overall. I would tell people to watch that first on uh -huh. their list of comedies, but um, Top Secret had a lot of jokes. Yeah, yeah. So, did you need to upgrade any of your ratings now having seen the film? Um, and we should do your two new rating items. Okay, alright. Um, let's see. I think I downgraded everything. Yeah. If the uh, political correctness actually stayed at two. I left I, political correctness alone. I downgraded the nudity to two, and the quality of science to two. I felt like leaving my science alone. Um, my nudity. I think I started at one and a half. I upgraded it to two from what accumulated over a few key scenes. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's low, but. I thought it was even lower going in, but 
the girl and the beach scene plus the calendar mm-hmm. nudge it up to two. Uh-huh. All right, let's talk about your, let's see, was it social progress? No, social impact? Social importance. Social yeah. importance <clears throat> slash impact. Okay. What do you think about 1984's Top Secret? I think as far as its uh, references to kind of current culture goes, it's it's a valuable piece. I mean, it's got a bit of a snapshot of 1984 in it. Mm-hmm. Um as well as the perception of good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I put it at a solid three for social importance there, and and uh, and uh, as a, as a cultural piece. Right. <laughs> I agree. I think it is a solid three. I'm not going to crush it as some meaningless comedy. I think they yeah. make several important points. It tells you about yeah. things at the time, as well as about how we look back on things like East Germany. Right. And 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 those times. So, um yeah, I give it I give it 3 stars as well. All right. Now, what was your other your fifth one was quotability. Quotability. Yeah. Okay, so I guess a 5 would be like one of the most quotable movies of all time. Almost right. everybody in the US knows quotes from this movie and zero right. is you can never get a laugh by quoting this movie. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Good. Back to Rada, Nick Toe, Black Two, Rada, Nick Toe. Right, right. So I'm going with two for that, just because it was it was so slam bang with everything coming at you, one one after the other. That really, I think my only joke that I pulled away from it for the past two decades, three decades would be be sneezing into the handkerchief and running away screaming so you know um, i'd have to say you're right like i want it it it's on the verge of being like a four-star quote movie except there were so many they didn't stick out right i'm sure walking out of this theater people had a hard time they were like that was funny but they couldn't remember which joke to retell because there were like 180 jokes yeah, yeah. So right. it's like oh, I can't even remember which one, but it was really funny. Go see it. Right, right, right. So they don't end up quoting. Yeah, I mean, they, you you did you did you did get the uh, you did remember the uh, the operation took our doctors two hours to. I just did. To get it stuck in my head, but yeah, I can never use that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a few rare occasions, like me talking yeah. with someone like you. Or right. I could maybe get that, and maybe you would remember it. But yeah. have I used that? Right. Yeah. Not very many times. So I mean, I, I may have to give it. I may have to give it two and a half, because okay. I do. I think I'll maybe I'll give it two and a half for that one. But okay. it's more in my head than like I actually quoted right. it. Right. Do you ever self quote like internally, like? <laughs> oh, all the time in my head. <laughs> that that particular quote, though, does it ever arise? In your mind? Like yes, someone, yes, it does. Someone will be talking. All right, yes, very it good. Does. That's good. Then I think that counts. That counts. <laughs> Self quotes, internal, inner voice. Okay. It does. Inside voice, kind of. Yeah. Quotes, I think, count as quotes, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember. I mean, it, it serves with that self bond that you know yeah, is right. so important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotta love yourself, and yeah. then you can love yeah. others. That's right. If you can't entertain yourself, who can you entertain? Right. You know? yeah. Right. 
All right, so wrap it up. Now that you saw the movie, how do you now rate it overall? Uh, three and a half, I would go. Yeah. You went three and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think three and a half. Based on the comedy and the, uh, yeah, mainly uh, the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I I went ahead and bumped it up to four when I read really? it on Voodoo. Wow, okay. Like, that's how yeah. I felt afterwards. I'm like, you know what? There were so many jokes. Like, I appreciate yeah. that. Like, I'd had a lot of stuff going on that weekend. Yeah. I forgot about the rest of my life. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I laughed out loud a bunch of times. Um, yeah. And it's nice and short. Yes. And right. it in this is intro, this is Val Kilmer's big introduction movie. Yeah. And well, I don't know that, but I think this was his biggest debut. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Val Kilmer. And so adding that all up, I give it four stars. All right. So, good stuff. Yeah, it's neat, isn't it? It's fun. It's neat. Yeah, it's neat. Good times. <laughs> so now we need to choose our next movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, this was my pick, so my carefully thought out. Carefully, yes. Long internally debated. <laughs> Not off the cuff or literally off the shelf. Well, you know, it made me like, part of me wanted to start hitting the like, the top hits. Or I'm really torn between going early in our childhood and building up from there versus... Yeah. Most influential, only some of which were early. <laughs> we're laying out here. Okay, I'm going to disregard everything I said before. We're going to watch Blue Thunder. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Blue Thunder. We're going to see a straight action film. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. Blue Thunder was. Blue Thunder. I remember this was. See, I. I made, I made, a, uh, I made a form. I, photo, I photocopied my form for. Nice. For <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's your fill things out form? That's right. All right. Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder. This was tremendously influential in when it first came out. I remember you talking about it a lot when 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 you first saw it. Yeah. Hugely influential in me. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um I gotta look all right, so I just wanna know the year without learning too much. What was the year? Let me let me look this up. Uh, Blue Thunder. Yeah, I, I quotes. Are, at least one quote is already popping into my head, and I don't want to say it right now. Right. Because it's like this is all. This is pre now. This is the pre recollection here. Pre recollection, yeah. So we can't can't tape each other. No, no. You gotta. Yeah. But I do want to. I want to pull up the year and then. Um, okay. Whoop. Uh, Nineteen eighty-three. Okay, so very close in time. Nice. Without looking up anything else, I'm going to close that browser tab, la, 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 before I see anything else. <laughs> okay. Okay, 1983 Blue Thunder is our next movie, and that will Blue wrap Thunder. us at a clean and crisp 2.33. 2.33. I am ending recording in three, two, two one. one. Stop. Stop.